welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast that's always motivated for bowl season. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros podcast. I am Michael Newman, and I'm joined by the brother who is pumped for the Imagine Dragons halftime show. Oh, you know that's me, Ryan Newman. <laughs> and by the other brother, who would have preferred Brad Paisley. Right. Oh, that, yeah. I would take that. That would be Trey Newman. So, this is the first of our bowl preview episodes. Uh, I think we mentioned last episode, our goal is to preview every single bowl game and recap every bowl game. We did it last year. This year's going to be a little bit tough. Ryan, you and I are doing some traveling. Yes. But I think we can get it done. I think we can do it. We can pod on the road. Exactly. It's doable. Okay, so let's start out this episode before we get to the Bulls with a quick ride on the coaching carousel. Uh, Let's grade some of the jobs that have been filled since we last took this ride. First one, Georgia Tech has hired Jeff Collins, and we already talked about this possibility a couple episodes ago, but uh, what's your grade for this, Ryan? Um, I'm giving it a solid B. Um, you know, he's a Southeast guy. He played at Western Carolina, coached down there at Florida, Mississippi State and UCF. But it's just, it's a little worrisome due to the fact that other Temple coaches that have moved on and haven't exactly set the world on fire. You got Al Golden, of course. He was kind of the the, yeah. the first one. Didn't work out in Miami. Steve Adazio. I mean, he's doing all right at BC. But just not, got an extension. Yeah, he's, he's doing solid. He's doing, he's doing solid. Not great though. Um, Matt Rule at Baylor. I mean, it's a little early, I know, on him. but To be determined. To be determined, but you know, he's not really killing it with recruiting, so that's a little bit worrisome. Um, hopefully, Collins can do better, but I don't know. I just doubt he's going to be able to do to accomplish much more than, than Paul Johnson. Well, I mean, I, I like the hire, but the my biggest... My biggest fear, and it's a tremendous challenge, is that he has said he wants to to go to more of an install an NFL scheme, and it's going to be a complete overhaul, obviously, on the offensive side to do that. They're going to need mostly new personnel, uh, considering they were running the option. But I still think Georgia Tech is a sleeping giant due to the talent in the area. Um, it wasn't maybe a home run hire, but I'll give it a solid B. I agree. We're all giving it a B. Um, he did a good job at Temple, of course, but he took over a program that was already winning. So it's always hard to judge, you know, just how great of a coaching job he did. So seems like he'll be a good recruiter. That's he's known for being a rel- relentless recruiter. So that's why I give it a B. Uh, Maryland hired Mike's, Mike Loxley, of course, offensive coordinator at Alabama. And again, we talked about this. I don't think yeah. any of us were. Super thrilled with this possibility, but what's your your final grade here, Trey? I've I've gone back and forth on this one. I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say B. Hmm. I, I think it's a great hire in terms of him being well ingrained in that area and his recruiting ability. But I, the, my skeptical side, though, is the train wreck he had at New Mexico and some of those off the field issues. I, I mean, I know it was New Mexico, but he was two and twenty six. That that's hard for me to get out of my mind. Yeah, so I'm gonna say B. I say D. I mean, I it, it could work out. Any hire could work out, but when you're at a power power five school and you're hiring a guy who, in his only head coaching job, crashed and burned. I mean, it's just 
I, I don't think there's much reason to be optimistic about it. Like DJ Durkin was recruiting well, yeah. and that wasn't quite enough. You got to, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I'm going to go kind of in between you guys, and I'm going to give it a C. Um, I was leaning towards the D, Mike, like that type of level, but he has been under Saban for the last three years, so that that has to be a good thing. He's had to have learned some good things from him about how to run a program. And New Mexico, yeah, it was a debacle, but man, it's New Mexico. Yeah. You know, it's it's really hard to be successful there. So, I don't know. It's not good, but I don't think it's a complete train wreck. So, I'm giving it a C. Okay, next hire is Liberty hiring Hugh Freeze to be their head coach. I'm going to give this one a C, and Ooh. the C stands for Christian. <laughs> okay. Because their their Christian values clearly guided them to this decision, <laughs> you know. Yeah. When you when you hire an athletic director who was in charge of Baylor, when they had the biggest sexual assault scandal yeah. in NCAA history. And then he goes on to hire a guy who was fired from his last job for allegedly soliciting, soliciting prostitutes. That's just, those are some Christian values right there. So yeah. I got I to give it C for Christian. <laughs> this is, um, it's weird what they're doing for being like the largest Christian school in the country. It's just peculiar that they're going with these two guys here to lead their athletics program um but if you just focus strictly on the field which i'm going to try to do uh i think it's a good hire i i'm going to give this one a b um recruiting will most definitely see an uptick that was not one of turner gill's strong points um so they're going to get more talent in there than they've had and you know what we've kind of seen something similar to this before in bobby petrino when he had that you know crazy thing happen to him when he was in arkansas with the extra marital affair and his was worse though. He was, you know, he got injured and it was just a, a, I think a worse situation than Hugh Freeze. So if he can, then he turned around and had success at Western Kentucky and then back to Louisville. So if he can do it, why not Hugh Freeze? Yeah. I, I, I love the hire. Uh, I'm going to say I'm giving it a B plus for Liberty. I mean, I didn't expect much for Liberty and yeah, like you said, Michael, it is pretty ironic that the Christian based school went with this guy, but, but they're taking a chance. They got a big name and he has a chance to make Liberty at least relevant. Did you guys hear Hugh Freeze's quote in the press conference? <laughs> Handle his junk. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's it. Uh, Utah State hired Gary Anderson. And so they're running it back. Part two. What do you think about that, Ryan? You know, if this was any other school that was trying to hire him, like K-State or something like that, I wouldn't be as high on it. Um but it, it's Utah State. It's in Scary Anderson. He's the guy that really got that program going, and his name carries a lot of weight there. And I don't know. I don't think it's a bad hire for them. I think he's going to be able to kind of continue the success that they've had. So I'm going to give this one a B. I think uh, I think it's going to work out for him. I'm going to say B minus. Uh, round two doesn't always pan out like uh, like you might anticipate. And I mean, it is quite the the circle for Gary Anderson. And I agree with you, though, Ryan. I mean, getting a guy that was the architect of of the program's recent success, you would think can't hurt. So, I'm, you know, for Utah State, I guess this was uh, the hire they had to make. All right, I'm I'm going B as well. That pretty much same combination of your guys' answers there. It is a little bit weird that it seems like the boosters kind of forced this move. That is a little dicey, but uh, yeah, solid B. Kansas State they hired Chris Kleiman. Is that how you pronounce it? Kleiman? I don't know. I think Kleiman so. or Kleiman? I think it's Kleiman. 
Okay. Uh, what do you think about the hire, Trey? From North Dakota State, of course. Yeah. Right. I'm going to say B. Now, Kansas State is a really tough job, but I don't I don't like hearing the the rumors of them not letting Seth Luttrell bring his entire staff and there was and there's mumblings of Snyder still calling some of the shots. So I'm a little on the fence, but he Kleiman inherited a juggernaut from Craig Bull, but he definitely kept the bro- program rolling over his 5 years. Manhattan, it's a similar environment as he had at North Dakota State, so I think it it kind of makes sense. So I'm 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 going to play the fence. I'm really curious to see how this pans out. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see. Um, you know, but w- with those reports that they could have got Latrell, to me that just makes my grade worse here on uh, on Clayman because they should have they should have let him, uh, Latrell do whatever he wanted just to get him yeah, there. If, they, if that's the reason, that- yeah. If that's it, then that that's bad. Um, I'm going to give this one a D. Um, I know okay. that I know that's a little harsh, but. He's only coached at the FBS level for one year, and that was 21 years ago at Kansas as the defensive backs coach. Now, you know, if it, he, if he was the one that made North Dakota State into the juggernaut that they are now, then okay, I would probably be more on board with it. But Agreed. like you said, Tr- Craig Bowl is the guy that, that got this train rolling at North Dakota State. So, Climate uh, was just able to keep, keep it going. So, I, I got I to say this is a very underwhelming hire and a D. Okay. I mean, that that's fair. I think this is a polarizing one. I think a lot of the college football nerds love it, but I don't know. And I, so I feel like I should, but I guess I have B minus written down here. I'm going to switch it to C plus, uh, you know, the good. That was my effect. Yeah. Yeah. It is your effect. I mean, you kind of influenced yeah. me. I mean, he's gone. Yeah. He, he went 67 and six, three of four national championships and has a chance for four out of five this year. But he took over a team that had gone 43 and 2 the previous 3 years and three straight national championships. So it's kind of like it's like the David Shaw effect. Like is David Shaw good? I I guess yeah, I know. like yeah, he's pretty just, good. Yeah. I don't know. Yep. Um so for that reason I in between an A and an F I went C+. <laughs> Another thing that's that's not good about this is he's going to stay and coach throughout the FCS playoffs, which means he might miss early signing period. So that's not great. Well, I'm sure K-State's hoping they lose tomorrow or Friday. I think it is. They play. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. Last one here is a rumor, just a rumor, a potential assistant coaching hire. GoCougs.com is reporting that Kendall Bryles is going to become FSU's offensive coordinator. And well, let's let's just pretend that this actually does happen. So it's obviously controversial for, for the same reason as um, uh, uh, Liberty's athletic director. Bryles was, of course, coaching at Baylor when they had the sexual assault scandal. And I honestly don't know all the details of of that story. And I know there's still ongoing lawsuits. So I don't think anybody yeah, really who, knows who does who. Yeah. Well, yeah. What he knew or didn't know or did or didn't do. So I'll I'll for this one, I'll refrain from thinking about that and just go football wise. It's an A plus. I mean, I think he's one of the best offensive coordinators in the country. I think last year at FAU, he was the main reason that they had such a great year, not Lane Kiffin. Sorry, sorry, Lane. I love you. <laughs> um, and then this this past year at Houston, he kind of, I think, saved Major Applewhite's offense. Yeah, I agree. I I'm very bullish. If if this were to be the case, I'm very bullish on the hire. I give it a B plus. Uh, he's rising. Obviously, has the pedigree to be successful. 
I guess my only concern about it is it's not maybe the best look for Willie Taggart in the sense that he's an offensive guy and he struggled mightily in year one at, at FSU and he's looking for help elsewhere, but he's going to a guy that uh, is an up and comer. So I, I would like to hire. Yeah. It's better than digging his feet in and just, yeah, yeah. That's not, the, true. not getting help. True. Uh, that's the thing. He's not too, I mean, you want a head coach that's willing to make changes for the betterment of the program. Uh, and that's what it's he, uh, he's doing here. So I think I agree with Michael. I think it's a home run hire if it happens. Um, you look at Florida Atlantic well, two years ago, they were obviously really good, but then look at them this year. Not that hot, right? They they yep. were not nearly as good as offense. So I think the Kendall Bryos factor was a huge part of that. So yeah, I, I agree with Mike. And by the way, we are, we're recording this on Tuesday night. So if anything's happened since then, we don't know. Do not. Okay, time to get to part one of our bowl previews, and we will start on Saturday, December 15th. The Celebration Bowl is our first one here. North Carolina A&T is a seven and a half point favorite against Alcorn State, and that is in Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. Ryan, what are your thoughts? Yeah, um, you know, I've got, I'm, I'm going to take the points uh, in this game. You know, two of Alcorn State's losses this year were to FBS teams, um, and they almost beat New Mexico State. Not exactly a powerhouse, but <laughs> still an FBS program. Yeah. Um, they have a really good spread offense with a quarterback who's a true dual threat and one of the best players in their league, uh, Noah Johnson. He's really good. But North Carolina A&T, they're, you know, they're kind of top dog lately. They're, they're a great program. They've won two out of the first three celebration balls that they've had um and they have a good dual threat quarterback themselves and lamar uh, reynard but i don't know i actually did watch a little bit of film on these guys just preparation for this wow um yeah we watched I know. last year i mean renard's been he was the quarterback last year too so uh, yeah i'm saying i've been watching preparing for this thing okay oh like last year you mean well and now okay <laughs> all right <laughs> and an hour ago <laughs> okay uh, <laughs> Anyways, I think Noah Johnson is better. He's really electric. So that's why I'm going to take Alcorn State. I'm actually going to give the points with NCA and T. They won it last year. They beat East Carolina this season. Uh, yeah. And, and their quarterback, like we said, Raynard, and their running back, Cartwright, they've been staples the last couple years. And I think they get the win. So I don't have any analysis for this game, Ryan. I didn't watch any tape, but I do have two trivia questions. First one. What does the A and T stand for? Oh man. Agriculture and technology? I'll give you a victory there. Agricultural and technical. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, there you go. Uh and then the second question, who is the most famous NFL player to come out of Alcorn State? Oh, I thought you were gonna say A and T. I was gonna go wasn't it Cohen, Tariq Cohen? Yeah, that's extra credit right there. Well done. Alcorn, was it uh it's not Steve McNair, was it? It is Steve McNair. Wow, Steve McNair. that is well a really done. good one, Trey. Okay, how about the second most famous player to come out of Alcorn State? Uh, I, I don't know. I'll give you a hint. Uh, Packers receiver, former. Donald Driver? Donald Driver, yep. Wow. That's right, that's right. And I'll take the points in this game. <laughs> <laughs> nice analysis. Uh, that, those, <laughs> those trivia answers need to give me go towards my credit against Ryan in my previous trivia episodes yeah those were some good ones <laughs> yeah that's not bad Man. that's not bad but we we will be having that'll probably be in about a month we will do another part four 
Part four. We'll have, uh, it'll be the 2018 season trivia show. So I'm due. Yeah, you you're very you're zero and three. So that's not great. Seven game series. He can still come back. <laughs> uh, Auto Nation Cure Bowl. Tulane is a three and a half point favorite against Louisiana. The pause is Lafayette. Sorry, excuse me. Uh, yes, right, okay. I was tuning you out again. <laughs> okay, sure. Uh, Trey, what do you see here? So. Since Justin McMillan has taken over at quarterback for Jonathan Banks, the Green Wave are 4-1 and one with their only loss at Houston, although that, that game wasn't too pretty. And then you got Louisiana, who comes in a little disappointed, having lost their conference championship game to App State. And in, in some of these lower bowl games, I look at who is motivated or excited to be there. I think in this game, it's Tulane. They won a thriller going for two late to beat Navy and get bowl eligible in their final game. And Willie Fritz, he's he's a well-regarded coach, so I'm going to take Tulane here. Okay, I'm going with future University of South Carolina head coach Billy Napier and Louisiana wow. to win outright. Yeah, I'm 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 making my that's, calling my shot right there. That's a big shot. Yeah, it's two years, two years. You just watch, check the tape. All right, that okay, um, we'll do. <laughs> No, I think they're decent. Five of their six losses were were on the road, and they were against Mississippi State, Alabama, App State twice, and Troy. So, quality losses. I mean, what? How many more quality losses do you want? Do you want twelve? I mean, that would I'd be nice. I would, I would like them even more, but they've only got five. So, I'll take what I can get. <laughs> I actually had the exact same point, Mike. So, um, thanks for stealing my thunder. But you're welcome. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, I'm going with Lafayette. They 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 were battle tested this year, and I think that matters in the bowl game. So give me them. New Mexico Bowl, no longer the Gildan New Mexico Bowl. Apparently, North what Texas. It? What's that? What is it? I didn't. I I don't. It doesn't have a sponsor, or at least it's like New Mexico Bowl presented by Albuquerque. I don't know. I think New Mexico is just sponsoring it. Maybe okay, fair enough. But we can we can look into that. Uh, North Texas against Utah State. The Aggies are an eight point favorite. And it looks, I would have guessed a few weeks ago that both head coaches would be gone in this one. Matt Wells, of course, already left for Texas Tech, and he won't be coaching this game. But Seth Luttrell, it looks like, yeah. is staying put. Yeah, that's that's a surprise. Yeah, I think that's huge for, for this program. They, they need to keep him for as long as they can. Um, but in this game, I think they're a little bit in over their head. Their 9-3 and three record was against a ridiculously easy schedule. They only played one mm-hmm. team in the top 90 of FPI, and that was UAB, and they lost that one. Yep. Uh, so even with kind of the coaching turnover at Utah State, they do have some stability. David Yost, the offensive coordinator, has not gone to Texas Tech yet. He's going to call the plays in this game. So I love the Aggies to win and cover. Oh, I thought you were going to make them like your lock. No, no, no. Just um, Jordan Love. It's a Jordan Love pun. Okay. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Would have been nice with a little extra there. Sorry. Um, I agree with you, Mike. I really like Utah State here as well. I know Latrell is a great coach, but you know North Texas, while their schedule has been easy, they they haven't been playing their best ball towards the end of the year. Um, and I just think Utah State has proved way more throughout the year in a much tougher conference. Um, so yeah, give me give me the Aggies. Clean sweep. I like Utah State as well. It is going to be one of the best quarterback battles, though, of of the the bowl season with with Fine and Love. So, yeah, great names. <laughs> that's that's true. But I'm on Utah State as well. Mitsubishi Motors Las Vegas Bowl. Arizona State. 
against number 21, Fresno State, and Fresno State's a four-point favorite. Who do you like here, Ryan? Uh, man, this is, I'm really looking forward to this one. This should be a really good game. Um, yeah. but, but I like Fresno State here. Uh, statistically, they have one of the best defenses in the country. So I think they're going to make it hard on Manny Wilkins, Eno Benjamin, and Nikhil Harry. No, no, Nikhil Harry. He is, he's going pro. He's not playing. Oh, he's not playing. Oh. Wow. I didn't, I did not get the news on that one yet. So I like Fresno even more than, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but the Sun Devils, they're good on defense too. They're going to, most likely do the same thing to Marcus McMarion and that Fresno offense, slow them down. But, you know, Fresno's playing with a lot of confidence, especially after winning the Mountain West Championship in Boise. So I think with that breakthrough performance, I mean, they're going to just play a great game and probably win by about a touchdown, maybe maybe 10. I'll bump it up, bump it up a field goal now that Nikhil Harry's out. <laughs> okay, nice. Yeah. You, you thought Nikhil Harry was going to kick a field goal? <laughs> maybe a punt return, huh? Uh, this is the last game of Manny Wilkins' career. Uh, I feel like he's been underrated every year. He's been a three-year starter. He's he's been very efficient, really good quarterback. Yeah, he really he he has. But, Gotta give him credit. But without Nikhil Harry, you'd think they're gonna rely a little bit more on the run, which they have been relying on the run with Eno Benjamin. He's had an unbelievable year, but going up against the number five defense in rushing S and P plus, I'll take Fresno. And actually, I'm gonna make that my jingle bell lock it's the holiday season (laughs) yeah that's i like that one mike wow you guys you guys i am i'm the biggest fresno guy out there are you but but outside of boy i've been on their train the last two years but out of outside of boise they haven't really brave of you right when they started winning (laughs) yeah no all right yeah (laughs) they they haven't faced a team like arizona state in my opinion and elaborate on that one. Well, I mean, if you look at their schedule, they they lost to a Minnesota team. That was a They're one and one against Boise. I think I'm saying Boise's good, but outside of Boise and Fresno or uh, Minnesota, I guess like who Aztecs? I don't know. So, Aztecs aren't that aren't very good. Yeah. Well, they beat Arizona State. Oh they? my god, you're putting my brain in a pretzel okay, right we're not now. Gonna, <laughs> we're not going to do the transitive theory here, but well. but um, I I like. Eno Benjamin, they haven't faced a running back like Eno Benjamin. And ASU comes in winning 4-5 down the stretch. Their only loss was by two at Oregon. Yeah. I think Herm's going to have the Sun Devils ready. They're going to cover here as a dog. They've got the talent edge. I'm making ASU my lock of the week. Whoa. My jingle bell lock Whoa. of the week. We really haven't had many opposites. You know, I think this is the first time that someone's yeah. been against each other. It might yeah, be. I, it yeah. I don't remember one. That's crazy. Trey's firm for Herm, I guess. <laughs> oh, man. Um, okay. Let's let's take a little break. Let's take a break from previewing bowls. And we've got one segment this week, and it is a top five list. So it's almost winter. It's the holiday season, of course. So I'm going to go with the top five beverages to drink during the holidays. I like it. All right. Number five, hot chocolate with marshmallows. Oh, that's a classic. That's got to be number one. Nope, number five. No explanation needed for that one. Number four, (laughs) I'm going a hot toddy. Does anyone know what that is? I don't know what's in a hot toddy. Whiskey, honey, lemon juice, and hot water. It's got vitamin C for health, honey to soothe, and alcohol so that you can't feel feelings. Aren't there like new studies out that honey really isn't as good for you as once thought are there i didn't know about that there's a study about 
Yeah, that's true. <laughs> everything. Everything. Yeah. So I'm gonna still. <laughs> I've never had a hot toddy. I'm gonna full disclosure here, but it sounds pretty good. Number three, cider. Any kind of cider. Apple cider, pumpkin cider, pear cider, with alcohol, without alcohol, hot, cold. It's all good. Number two, pumpkin spice lattes. That's that's wow. It's a, it's a great choice. I know it's kind of reserved for, you know. For white girls in yoga pants, I think is kind of the they've kind of cornered the market on that. But white boys who podcast like them too. I guess, yeah, you you you've had quite a few, I'm sure. I have number one. It's a controversial number one. Eggnog. Yeah. Wow. Do you guys like eggnog? I'm not a big fan. No, I don't like eggnog. I think if it were called anything but eggnog, though, people would love it. It's very very tasty, but people people don't even want to try it because it sounds gross, right? Eggnog, like it sounds bad. That's not why I don't like it, but I guess it doesn't help. All right, that's my list. Yeah. Don't at me. Don't at me. <laughs> okay, back to football. Raycom Media Camellia Bowl. Georgia Southern is a one-point favorite against Eastern Michigan. What are you thinking here, Trey? So I'm going to take the one point with Eastern Michigan. So as we've discussed on this podcast, Eastern Michigan is in every game that they play in. They went 7-5 and five this year. But early in the year, they had a four-game losing streak where they lost two games in overtime to, to solid teams in San Diego State and Northern Illinois. On the road, at a 10-win Buffalo team, they lost, and then at Western Michigan by three. So Chris Creighton's team could easily be nine or 10-win team, and we might be talking about him getting a bigger job. But uh, but they, they I feel like they, they played a much tougher schedule than Georgia Southern. My only concern is that they're somewhat susceptible to the run, and obviously Georgia Southern is an option team, so they'll need a good effort from their their D-line and front seven to stop Shy Wirtz and Wesley Fields, but uh, but I like Eastern Michigan. Okay, again, I have no analysis on this game, but I have a trivia question. Shy Wirtz, so he's got, obviously, you just mentioned Georgia Southern's quarterback. He has 109 pass attempts this season, 10 touchdowns zero interceptions my question is what is the all-time fbs record for most passes in a full season without throwing an interception uh boy that's really hard i'm gonna say like 175 trey two two fifty one two twenty four damn it matt blunden of virginia in 1991 he had 19 touchdowns zero interceptions and the previous three years of his career he had seven interceptions in 80 pass attempts. Wow. That's just, I don't know if that's random luck or what. That's crazy. It's a fun fact, right? Fun fact. That is a nice fact. I'll take Eastern Michigan to lose by one and push. <laughs> it's so cheap, Mike. <laughs> what? <laughs> push? <laughs> I mean, that's just what Eastern Michigan does. They lose heartbreakers. I know they've won a that's... couple this year. They've won, been on the, the right end of it, but. Yeah, that's a good point, I guess. I, I, from, I'm just happy that they're in a bowl game after what happened to them last year where they they really deserve to go to a bowl game after going five and seven, but what they lose like six straight by a touchdown or less and a couple overtime ones. So I felt bad for them last year. And, you know, they, they almost did it this year where they did cost themselves a bowl game, but uh, they got hot towards the end. So I'm going to take them. I'm just cheering for them. No real analysis, but go Eagles. Okay. RNL Carriers, New Orleans Bowl. Middle Tennessee against Appalachian State and the Mountaineers are a seven-point favorite. Middle Tennessee is is coming off a heartbreaker here. Uh, last game of the season, the the Conference USA Championship. Of course, they lost by two to UAB. And 
it was in part because they had too many men on the field on that that last play, so that cost them a chance at the last possession. Uh, but it's Brent Stockstill's last game, and he was a four-year starter at quarterback. Feels like he's been there forever. So I think he'll be motivated to go out with a win. And then App State, of course, lost Scott Satterfield to Louisville. Well, I, I kind of well, that sounded weird the way I said that. Louisville, Louisville, Louisville. <laughs> I just I don't know. I don't know how to say it. Uh, I'll just say it our, our West Coast way. We say it Louisville. So I'll just go with that. But I think he's one of the best coaches in the country. So maybe they won't be as prepared as they otherwise would be. I'll go with Middle Tennessee. Yeah, this is a, this is a sneaky good game. But using my motivation angle, I think Middle Tennessee comes in more disappointed. Uh, obviously, like you discussed, Michael, with their, their close title game loss. So I like Appalachian State. Because they they have one of the best pass defenses in the country, which should slow down stock still. Yeah, I, I agree with Trey. Um, I really like App State here. Their only two losses this year are a close loss at Penn State, and then and then one to Georgia Southern when they didn't have Zach Thomas their quarterback, and that apparently was very large because their backup sucked. Yeah, so, yeah, he did. <laughs> so that's huge, and I'm sure Zach Thomas will be playing in this one because um, otherwise they dominated their schedule and Middle Tennessee. You know, not so much. They lost five games, so I'm taking the Mountaineers. Middle Tennessee, more quality losses, though, Ryan. I don't know how you don't go with you that. You are big on the quality losses. You know. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, Tuesday, December 18th. This is our last game here. Cherubundi Boca Raton Bowl. UAB is a two-and-a-half-point favorite against Northern Illinois. What do you think, Ryan? Um, well, I definitely expect a, a defensive struggle uh, in this one because neither QB is really that good. Um, and both teams have really good defenses. But I'm going to lean with UAB because um, they have a good running game. They average over 200 yards per game on the ground. And, you know, they're sticking with their their freshman quarterback, Tyler Johnston, who's more of a dual threat than their other guy, uh, A.J. Erdely. You know, when you so when UAB lost uh, at Middle Tennessee 27-3 to a few weeks ago, A.J. Erdely was the quarterback. But in the championship game, they started Tyler Johnston, the freshman, uh, and then what happened? They won. So I really like the fact that uh, Tyler Johnson has that a- added dimension with his legs. So give me UAB. Well, if we're just talking about last games looking good, then Marcus Childers has learned how to throw, and he's no, he hasn't. Yes, he has. No. Did you not watch the last game, Ryan? Buffalo, he was incredible. Yeah. yeah. So I, I'm just gonna one game sample. I'm gonna take uh, Marcus Childers <laughs> in Northern Illinois. <laughs> I'm going Northern Illinois as well. UAB, great story, but the Huskies, they showed me something in that comeback victory against a good Buffalo team in the MAC title. They also have a big strength of schedule advantage for whatever that's worth. Yeah, if we're talking quality losses, Northern Illinois has several, so suck on that. (laughs) All right, that's all the games we're previewing this week, but we do have a questionable finish. Tennessee D-lineman Kyle Phillips won the Peisman Trophy this week, which is awarded annually to the linemen who decidedly did unlineman things. What's something that you look funny doing? Um, you know, for me, it's it's when I get a haircut. Um, I have this weird thing where, you know, when they, you know, they do the short buzz kind of thing around your neck and stuff, they trim it, it makes that little buzzing sound, and I get a really bad, like, it just tickles it sends some sort of thing down to my lower back i'm just like twitching the whole time and i just dread when that time comes for a haircut so um the barber or whoever's cutting my hair is always like are you all right and I'm like yep just uh 
Make it quick. I'm just a child. <laughs> Make it quick. Yeah, I'm a child. Make it quick. It's actually been getting better the last few years, but uh, oh, that's great. That's good to hear, Ryan. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm as very a kid, happy it for was you. absolute torture. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna go with sleeping because I I never sleep under the covers. I sleep on top on on top of the comforter, and even, I use what's that? Even with Sarah. Oh, we sleep in separate beds. <laughs> We're not married, Ryan. So, what are you talking about? This is pure. Uh, yeah, and uh, Christian values we have. I also don't use a pillow. I use a blanket as a pillow. I don't <laughs> use a pillow at all, actually, myself. So, wow, that's well. You're just a psychopath. That's that's <laughs> psychotic. Yeah. Uh, I. It's when I do anything with basically the left side of my body. Like, if you you could cut, you could draw a line down my body i can't i can't see well out of my left eye i can't throw if i try and throw a left-handed it's just <laughs> it's, it's pretty it, pathetic it's yeah. embarrassing <laughs> yeah kicking kicking left-handed is probably my best trait but it's still kicking left-handed, left-handed. that's or, yeah that's, that's even impressive tougher. actually yeah, kicking left-footed kicking left-footed is is no good but it's at least better than my arm throwing with my left hand is just embarrassing Okay, next question. New Bowling Green head coach Scott Loeffler hired former Louisville defensive coordinator Brian Van Gorder, Brian Van Gorder, Gorder. to be his linebackers <laughs> coach and assistant head coach. What thing that you know is a bad idea do you do anyway? Mine would be gambling. Um, I, I, it's a good one. Whether it be the, the track, betting on sports, betting on anything, I, I pretty much know... It's stacked against me, but it's fun. It's a rush, and those those wins that you do get, it's it's worth it. <laughs> okay, uh, for me, it's cheering for Nebraska basketball. Ooh, wow! Never won cool. an NCAA tournament game. That they could do Not it once. this year. This is the this is the year. This is the year. <laughs> this, this is, is the, the year. year. All right, yeah, all right. No, I, who, who knows? But they're actually this is probably the best team they've had in quite a while. Yeah. So. Yeah. Since that team that never won a tournament game. <laughs> yeah, that one. Since the Turan Lu days. Um, all right. Uh, for me, I, um, you know those 20-minute parking spots? Yep. Yep. I I stay in them longer than that. What? Oh. Yeah. You yeah. mean like you go to the grocery store, you're parking in the 20-minute lot? I don't know many grocery stores that have 20-minute Well, it's like That's they're the in point. like the plazas, you know? <laughs> yeah, the plaza. Yeah. No, I'll do it. Strip yeah. malls. Strip malls have those. Yeah, exactly. Strip malls. Yeah. That's a better. Yep. Okay. Bleacher Report came out with the top 10 Heisman candidates for 2019. And starting from the bottom of the list, they had JT Daniels, DeAndre Swift, Adrian Martinez. Thank Good you job, very much. Ryan. I'm not crazy for saying that. Nope, nope. Daryl Henderson, Travis Etienne, Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence, Jonathan Taylor, Sam Ellinger, and of course, Tua. So who was the biggest snub from that list? I'll go first. It's almost always a quarterback who wins the Heisman, of course. And they're almost always on the best team. So... I'm going to go Austin Kendall at Oklahoma. I don't know if you guys realize this. They've won two straight Heismans, Oklahoma quarterbacks. So, wow. Got to think he's got a decent shot. If he starts. If he starts. If he starts. That's a, good, that's a great pick. But I, it yeah. doesn't matter who they put back there. I mean, they could put an offensive lineman back there. I think given their track record, Lincoln Riley's going to get that guy to New York. But He'd at least win the Piesman. That's true. So you, you went the, the Oklahoma quarterback route. I'm going to say... Uh, this is tough because I, I went with good teams. I'm looking at like guys like Jake Fromm, Ian Book at Notre Dame, but I'm going to dark horse Tate Martell, great high school quarterback at Bishop Gorman, and with all the talent around him, he should thrive, assuming Haskins goes pro. 
Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I, I agree with you guys, actually. I, I was between Tate Martell and Austin Kendall, um, and I, I lean towards Tate Martell because I think he's more of a shoe in to start than Austin Kendall since Spencer Rather's coming in. But the, the thing I don't like about that list that came out is just, you know, it feels like it's just looking at this year and not projecting for 2019. You know, all the guys, all those guys in the list started last year, whereas the three Heisman finalists this year, this is their first year starting. So that's a good point. It's a good point. Yeah. You know, I was just, I was looking at um, Athlon's top, you know, or they rank all 130 starting quarterbacks at the beginning of every year. And I was looking at that list kind of to, to try and answer this question. And Kyler Murray, I think was like 35th or something like that. Wow. And, and Tua was number one on the list, but people forget they got so much crap for that. People were like, oh, you guys just love the SEC or, oh, he's only played, you know, one half and. They 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 well, were they the, were very the right thing on that. Was yeah, I remember the two of being number one, and I didn't have an issue with it. But no, neither did I. I was. I mean, yeah. it was like okay, wow, that's high, but it's and hard I to argue didn't, too much against it. I don't think I really had an issue with Kyler Murray either at, at that point. Might have been a little low. Maybe I might have. I don't know. I was high on Kyler Murray. I was. Yeah, you were. You were pretty high. I I wasn't super high. I, I didn't. Who I didn't know. I mean. No, I knew. I knew. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure you did. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, thanks for listening to our first bowl preview episode. The The episodes are no longer just going to be dropping Tuesday nights, Wednesday morning uh, for the next few weeks because it's a little haphazard with the holidays and with all these bowls. But like I said, our goal is to preview and recap every bowl game. So just make sure you're subscribed to our podcast feed and you will get every episode for free. Unbelievable. What a value. You guys want to go Patreon and charge like 10 bucks an episode? No, it's yeah. the holidays. Let's let's keep it yeah, free. Yeah, hold off to the new year. All right. All right. We'll, we'll hold off. We'll hold off on that. Uh, all right. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros., Follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros. And for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.